0: interesting that sometimes we can prejudge someone so harshly as, oh, they're just the carpenter when they are doing such a great work like Joseph was doing that they don't even know about. Be careful what you judge and who you judge because you just don't know what label you are attaching to someone that is so false just because you don't see how God sees them.
1: It's time now for the Autumn Miles Show. Let's
0: go! Hey, hey guys, it's your girl Autumn Miles coming back at you with another episode, special Christmas episode. I am upset with what i'm going to talk about after the break it's going to be so good it's oh i can't wait i can't wait to get there but we have to we have to wait because i have to tell you what's going on in my life um you guys listen thank you all for reaching out merry christmas to all of you i love hearing from you guys i would love to hear from you more i just we have just built such an incredible community with you with you, with your families, with your hearts, with your stories, with your prayer requests. Uh, It's just incredible what God has done with our little family. And so I want to hear from you. Drop us like an idea of in the new year, what you want to hear, a concern, a question, a story, a miracle, anything. I want to hear from you. You can email hello at autumnmiles.com dot com. Or you can just uh, drop me like a DM on one of my socials. That would be absolutely amazing. But we're heading into next year and I'm so excited. I already know what my January, what we are going to talk about in January. And so it's just going to be a powerful year. So we're just getting started over here. Just getting started. Okay. So what's happening in my life? So my husband and I have been Christmas shopping, you know, cause we have 600 children. And it's just—it's a funny thing. My husband loves to shop. He is—I like to shop too, but he loves to shop. Like I remember in the back in the day, we would we we would get up at like I don't know two o'clock in the morning. This is back when Black Friday was actual Black Friday, and it wasn't like. Black Friday deals didn't start in August. Like that was, yeah, I'm I'm that old to remember when Black Friday was actually Black Friday. Uh, but anyway, we would get up at like two o'clock in the morning and go get all the deals and he would love it. And last week he said, listen, you know what my schedule looked like? And he was like, on Friday, I want just the two of us to go out and I want us to get stuff for the kids for Christmas. And so that's what we did, and we we you know our kids are they're not babies like it's not like we can just buy them like a truck and you know they they're really they're growing they're I mean Grace is seventeen, Judas fourteen and then seven and seven so they they're not little kids they're not really interested in like little toys obviously the older ones aren't but we really like to put like thought into what we purchase for them and stuff like that. And so we got a lot of stuff in one day and that's what kind of what we have to do. You know, it's like, okay, we're going to go take this territory in the name of Jesus. And that's kind of what we did. So we, we got a lot of their Christmas presents on Friday and you know, we come home and it's like, where do we put these? <laughs> mean we have four children where do you hide like I'm not gonna sit down on Friday and wrap presents forever I'm tired I need to sit down I need to like you know take a rest from buying presents for the kids or whatever so we have no special hiding place like none I wish we did I wish I was like hiding at some obscure place. If you've ever seen, I think it's Christmas vacation. He puts the presents like up in the attic, like in this little crevice and and it's like, no one's ever, he even forgot that they were there, but we have no special hiding place. So where do we put all this stuff in our closet and it's unwrapped. And so we have a little nook in our closet that we put it in and the kids know this because they're old. So they know where we put the presents And so this is what I tell them, don't go in our closet. And then what do they wanna do? They all wanna, They all. it's like they create reasons to go in our closet, you know? I mean, Jude came downstairs on Saturday and he's like, I don't have any clothes, so I've gotta go in dad's closet. It's like, that is so, what are you talking about? You have an entire room of clothing that you can wear. They're not pink, remember his dress code. I'm looking for a jacket that dad wore that I just want to wear today. And so he's finding reasons to go into the closet. Haven also, mom, I want to try on your shoes. Okay, first of all, my feet are three sizes bigger than yours. (laughs) So you're not going in our closet. And she's like, no, I just really need to. I'm like, no, you're not going in. They have never really desired to be in our closet ever before in their whole lives. And yet, around the Christmas season, they find reasons to go in there. And Grace, she's my ace. She's my one that I can, like, I can count on her. Like, she's not, you know, she's she won't go in the closet. She's like a rule. She is a firstborn to the hilt, you guys. So I'm not ever worried about her. Moses Haven and Jude, you never know. They're like wild cards. We never know what they're going to do. But Grace, she's the one that I just, I trust she's not going to go in there because I just know her character. And last night she said, mom, I accidentally walked in the closet (laughs) and I was like, why, why did you go in the closet? And she was like, and I saw something and she totally confessed to me what she saw. But she said, mom, you need to find another hiding place for all of our presents than your closet. And it's true. So my question to you today is, Where do you hide all your presents for your kids when you don't have time to wrap them? Because wrapping is like a pain. Like, I don't, I hate to wrap stuff. It just takes forever. It looks pretty when it's done. but So anyway, where do you put all your presents? Where do you hide them? Where where do you do? Do you not hide them? What do you do? I don't understand. Anyway, that's like a little trial that's going on in my life trying to keep, especially June and Haven. Because they're so mischievous. You just don't know what they're going to do. Trying to keep him out of my closet for the next month. It's gonna be fun, guys. It's gonna be good. <laughs> I guess I should wrap him. Anyway, that's what's happening in my world. Uh we're gonna jump in to like, oh my gosh, you guys, I'm obsessed. Joseph and um something really cool about him after the break. I'll see you in a sec. Let's get-
2: Looking for a passionate speaker to bring the Word of God for your next conference or church function? We've got the girl for you. Autumn Miles is the founder of the Autumn Miles Ministries with the goal of spiritually challenging the way people think. Autumn is dedicated to teaching the Bible in an engaging and relatable way so that everyone can experience the Lord in a deeper way. Autumn is devoted to spiritually challenging people to draw closer to God. She is a passionate advocate for the Word of God, women, domestic violence victims, and adoption. So what are you waiting for? You can book Autumn for your next speaking engagement today. Just go to autumnmiles.com. Once there, just search the top of the index for the Invite Autumn tab. Click on it and scroll down for more information. Once again, that's autumnmiles.com.
0: Okay hey guys, we are back from the break, and I absolutely love where we're going today. Let this word that I am I'm gonna share with you. Oh goodness. Just receive it. Just receive it. But you know, a lot of times I'll do a lot of like really personal things where I feel like the Lord is telling me, you know, you're struggling with whatever, or I'm struggling with this, and so I feel like I need to share it. But this word is going to be just a little bit different. And, you know, I love Joseph. Talked about him last week. I will also talk about him next week. But just today, I was captivated by the qualities that I found in him. And so the title of this message is going to be not Level Up, but Joseph Up. Okay, (laughs) That's as cool as I got, right? Because I think we need to be reminded of sometimes in our callings, in our responsibilities that we have, we can almost reach like a point of complacency. And Joseph, according to all the verses that I'm getting ready to share with you, displayed such great character and devotion to the call that he accepted from the Lord. I want to share a couple verses and then we'll get into something that just absolutely blew my mind this morning. Luke 3, 23 says this, this is right after Jesus is baptized. Okay. This is how Jesus was known. Uh, Luke 3, 23, when he, Jesus, began his ministry, Jesus himself was about 30 years old. That's how we know that Jesus was 30, according to this text. Being as was supposed the son of Joseph, the son of Eli. So Joseph's dad, we know, is a man by the name of Eli. I want to read that again because I think Jesus's identity... Up until he started telling people, you know, I am the Christ, you know, the Son of God, the Messiah, and all of that. Mary and Joseph knew. The shepherds knew. There was a handful of people that knew. Um, but he was known as Luke three twenty three, the son of Joseph. I think that is absolutely an honor to not carry the Christ child like Mary did, but parent the Christ child in lieu of, now God the Father obviously was parenting him, but earthly parenting the Christ child. So in order to know that Jesus was who he said he was, Joseph was incredibly important. All this is going to make sense in a minute, but he was known as the son of Joseph. I want to take you over to Matthew 13, because this is also a really cool qualifying verse about Joseph. In Matthew 13 when Jesus starts to do his miracles he starts gaining popularity and things like that Joseph is referred to here in Matthew 13 and uh, the people around were looking at Jesus and they were saying wow this guy's doing miracles this guy's doing he's preaching we've never heard anything like this before and the question was this is this the carpenter's son is not his mother called Mary And his brothers, James and Joseph and Simon and Judas and his sisters. Are they not all with us? Where then did this man get all these things? Okay. I think it's interesting that Jesus was known as Joseph's son. And Joseph isn't even mentioned in this text in Matthew, Matthew 13. He is just called carpenter. Okay, which tells us that kind of who he was and what he did was really of no consequence later in his life. You look at Joseph; we don't hear a lot about Joseph. He's not even now. Mary's mentioned. His boys are mentioned. His sisters are not mentioned. But all they refer to him as is the carpenter in Matthew 13. Is this not the carpenter's son? They don't even name him. Fascinating to me, and yet. He was picked by God himself to parent, earthly parent, Jesus and rear him to the age that he came out and did his public ministry. Let me go to one more text and then we're going to get into the book of what I want to talk about today. This is all setting up what we're going to get into. So we know Jesus is known as uh Joseph's son. We also know that Joseph's existence after the birth of Jesus is kind of inconsequential. I mean, he wasn't even named, he was the carpenter. And we also know that Jesus was being raised in a town called Nazareth. And I have to say, you know, looking at all the different details about Joseph's life after the birth of Jesus, Joseph was kind of like a normal person, okay? He he wasn't a standout. He wasn't someone that would like, you know, run for public office. He wasn't some great leader, but he was a faithful guy who had so many rich wonderful, incredible talents and qualities and gifts and character traits that God chose him to rear Jesus. Isn't it interesting that sometimes we can prejudge someone so harshly as, oh, they're just the carpenter when they are doing such a great work like Joseph was doing that they don't even know about. Be careful what you judge and who you judge because you just don't know what label you are attaching to someone that is so false just because you don't see how god sees them this is really encouraging me today because we look at the fact that joseph wasn't trying to have anyone spotlight he was trying to be faithful we look at the fact that um you know joseph took jesus to nazareth and we're going to get into that in just a second And really lived a very quiet life. He lived up until Jesus came out and was publicly, you know, basically said, you know, Jesus, God, met him in heaven after being baptized and said, this is my son and who I am well pleased. Before all that happened, Jesus lived a very quiet life. Joseph lived a very quiet life. Mary lived a very quiet life. And when Jesus was 30, everything changed. But I think it says something about the character of Joseph to take a back seat, to stand back, to sit back and to know that all these things have transpired, to know how God has used you, to know what God has done with your life and to just be humble about it. We're missing that in our world today. I was so inspired as I was traveling through the pages of the gospels and uh, learning about Joseph and just piecing all these puzzle pieces together. I was so inspired that I just feel like we need a call to come back to a Joseph mindset and a Joseph mentality. In John, this is my verse. That was like just a prequel to what I'm getting ready to talk about. These couple of verses really stood out to me. And this is how I want to dive into the meat of what we're going to talk about. In John 1, 45 and 46, there's a dialogue that happens. And it's very important. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, now obviously we're talking about disciples here and we're talking about the first converts to Jesus and a lot of stuff is happening. Okay. Jesus is looking and he's choosing his disciples and he's saying, follow me, Philip. He had just said, follow me to Philip. So Philip is super excited and he looks at Nathanael and he said to Nathanael, he said, we have found him. We have found him. All these people were waiting for Jesus to come. We have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote. Jesus of Nazareth, the son of who? Joseph. We found him. Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nathanael said to him, this was his response. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? And Philip said to him come and see. Now, Nathaniel and Philip are referring to Jesus not as the son of God yet, but as the son of Joseph. So you see the massive position that Joseph had in Jesus' life. Like this is like a very immense responsibility to parent and to father the Christ child. He was recognized as Jesus' father. When Jesus, what I just read was baptized, he was recognized because it was supposed that Joseph was Jesus's father. Now we know different. And of course, God knew different, but Joseph never went around flamboyantly saying, I'm the earthly father of the Messiah. He didn't say that. Otherwise, Nathaniel and Philip would have had a different dialogue right here in John. He's the son of Joseph. Nisano said to him, can anything good come out of Nazareth? And Philip said to him, come and see. Now, I want to stop on the character of Joseph just for a second, because Jesus ends up. There's a lot of teaching today. And I'm sorry if uh, where I was talking to Cassie. I'm like, you think my Bible verses ever bore people? I don't I hope I don't bore you, but I think it's awesome to look at these obscure verses and kind of paint the picture of something that maybe you've never thought about. And I don't, I have never even really sat in these verses and thought through um, the significance of who Joseph was, what his temperament was, what his character was, and why he's so important to what I'm doing right now and what you're doing. If you're following the Lord is doing right now The Nathaniel and and Philip are having a conversation and Nathaniel asked can anything good come out of Nazareth and Philip said come and see now Jesus was transported multiple times after he was born and the person that was responsible for transporting him was Joseph this is so fascinating to me you guys when you look in Luke One, we see, I'm sorry, Luke two, everyone, Luke two, three, and everyone was on his way to register for the census each to his own city. Now, Mary was also of the bloodline of David. So, you know, Mary coming together with Joseph, who was also of the bloodline of David was the perfect prophecy fulfilled. So they were going to register for the census. Joseph also went up, Verse four, from Galilee, from the city of Nazareth to Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem because he was of the house and family of David. So was Mary, but Joseph was too. And it's very, very important that he was of the house and lineage of David in order to register along with Mary, who he was engaged to and was with child. While they were there, the days were completed for her to give birth. And she gave birth and wrapped her firstborn in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger. Okay, we know the story. Joseph had to transport Jesus to Bethlehem to fulfill the prophecy in Micah 5.2. If Joseph ignored the census or didn't go to register for the census or didn't take Mary because she was pregnant or any of those things. The prophecy about Jesus being born in Bethlehem would not have been fulfilled. Joseph was solely responsible for leading Mary and of course Jesus to Bethlehem, maybe even unbeknownst to them, they were fulfilling the prophecy in Micah 5.2 that was prophesied hundreds of years before. When we start seeing how important Joseph was, it absolutely, like, I totally 100% geek out on this stuff. I want to go, and I'm all this is going to make sense to you in a minute. I, I promise you that. But I want to go, and I want to show you exactly what I'm talking about when I say Joseph was responsible for making sure that Jesus was transported everywhere he needed to go in order to protect him. So when Luke, Two, four, Joseph transports Jesus to Bethlehem, which fulfills the prophecy Micah five two. Had to happen. It had to happen. He had to go there. Okay. The next time that we see a transportation needed was right after the Magi come and they visit Jesus and they give him the golden and the frankincense and the myrrh. The Magi alert. Joseph. okay, and this is what happens. And I'm going to pick it up in Matthew 2, 12. And having been warned by God in a dream not to return to Herod, the Magi left from their own country by another way. So God is speaking to the Magi. No doubt the Magi had told Mary and Joseph, listen, Herod is after you like he's weird. He wants to come and worship and all this kind of stuff. This is what Joseph's does next. Verse 13. Now, when they had gone, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, get up, take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt and remain there until I tell you, for Herod is going to... To search for the child and destroy him. So Joseph got up, verse 14, and took the child and his mother while it was still the night and left for Egypt. He remained there until the death of Herod. This was to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through a prophet. Out of Egypt I have called my son. That prophecy is in Hosea 11.1. So we have Joseph and his leadership fulfilling the prophecy in Bethlehem. We have him again, listening to the Lord and obeying and fulfilling the prophecy, the Old Testament prophecy out of Egypt. I have called my son from Hosea 11, 1. This is the second time that Joseph was responsible for transporting Jesus to a place of safety and not even transporting Jesus to a place of safety, but actually confirming the Old Testament prophecies that were given and fulfilling them. Let's move on. Okay, I'm so obsessed. Let's go down next. Let's pick it up after he died verse 19, Matthew 2, 19. When Herod died, behold, here we go again. So he's in Egypt. He's chilling in Egypt with Jesus and Mary before Herod dies. Then Herod dies. When Herod died, an angel, here we go. Another time an angel comes to who? Doesn't come to Mary. He comes to Joseph. An angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt and said, get up, take the child and his mother and go into the land of Israel for those who are sought the child's life are dead. So Joseph got up, took the child and his mother and came to the land of Israel. Listen, but when he heard Arkalos was reigning over Judea in place of his father, Herod, he was afraid to go there. Then after another time being warned by God in a dream, he left for the regions of Galilee, and came and lived in a city called Nazareth. This was to fulfill what was spoken through the prophets. He shall be called a Nazarene. That prophecy was taken out of most scholars believe, because that actual line is not in the Old Testament. It's out of Isaiah 53 3 and Psalm 22 6. So, one interesting thing about Joseph is that. An angel appeared to him and said to Joseph don't be afraid Mary Mary that's one time then an angel appeared to Joseph and said you need to get up you need to go to Egypt two times then an angel appeared to Joseph and said get up you need to go to Israel that's three times And then God appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, I want you to go to Nazareth. There was a total of four different times that either an angel, which were three of the times, or God himself spoke to Joseph specifically. It's amazing to me that God or an angel spoke to Moses a total of four times And an angel only appeared to Mary one time, Gabriel, that we know of in Luke. That tells me that the leadership of Joseph is vital. That tells me that God trusted Joseph with his son to listen and obey. This is an incredible fact if you think about it. God or an angel appeared to Joseph Four times and Mary only once. When Nathaniel and Philip are talking in John, and they're like they're like, Hey, we found we found the guy. John one, forty-five. Uh, Philip found Nathaniel and said to him, We found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of who? Joseph. Nathanael said to him, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, Come and see. When that conversation had been had, Jesus was 30 years old, or maybe a little bit older than that. 30 years previous, the carpenter, the one that's not mentioned barely at all, risked everything in his life, his health, he sacrificed, he was selfless, he heard from the Lord and obeyed and carried out the directions of the angel, 30 years previous, what man looked at as, oh, he's just a carpenter. Oh yeah, this guy's just the son of Joseph. Like Joseph is a nobody. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Like who important lives in Nazareth? 30 years before that, the Messiah was being reared in Nazareth because of the obedience of Joseph. The reason I am obsessed with all of this is because Joseph did things that I don't see as much today as I used to see them. What everyone else discarded and just generally disrespected, God valued and cherished. What they saw was like, Almost humorous. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? God had placed his only son there to be reared by a man who was obedient. As I went through um, and just looked through the qualities of Joseph and and just what the scripture says, like I'm not embellishing anything. I'm not I'm not taking anything out of context. These qualities had to be represented in order for Joseph to be able to follow the plans of the angel and of God and all the things. Okay, these are the different qualities that Joseph uh, portrayed. He was a protector. We see all the different times that the angel appeared to Joseph. If Joseph hadn't acted instantly and moved, Herod would have killed him. And we know that he killed every child under the age of two. As soon as he found out that the Magi lied to him, he went on a rage. I mean, and it even says in the scripture, and you can look it up for yourself. The women refused to be comforted. Can you even imagine Joseph's quick wit, his protective, piece of his character jumped into play because of this. He was in charge of this child by God himself. He was a listener. We see the fact that the fact that he listened to the angel. I don't see this a lot today. I mean, I mean, I know it's out there, but I don't see a lot of people saying, God told me this. And I'm going to do exactly, on time, precisely what God told me to do. Come what may, no matter what I risk, I am going to do it. Some of the moves that Joseph made were ridiculous. We're going to Bethlehem. Then we're going to Egypt. Then we're going over here to Israel. Then we're going down to Galilee. We're gonna land in Nazareth. Um, Nazareth was a teeny tiny little city, and nobody cared about it. It was not special, okay? It was like you know some. I mean, I love rural towns because I was <laughs> I was raised in Indiana, but it's just a tiny little town. Maybe it had one stoplight. Maybe it didn't. I mean, they didn't want no stoplights back then. But you know the vibe that I'm going with. Nazareth was like. blip on the map. But he listened to God when God said, "Mm, you're going to go to Nazareth. Why? Why are you going to do this? Because there's a prophecy that needs to be fulfilled there. He was a leader. I love this about Joseph. He wasn't afraid to look stupid. He wasn't afraid to be questioned because if he was, he never would have accepted the responsibility of being the parent of the Christ child. He was ambitious because he was after protecting and preserving the plan that God had laid out from the beginning of time since sin needed a savior. He was ambitious and he was going to protect it at all cost. He was trustworthy. God told him all of these secrets. And we don't see him blabbing or getting on a group text or gossiping or saying anything about, you know, what all the little secrets that God had tell him. No, he was trustworthy. He was loyal. He was loyal to the cause. He was loyal to the call. Even when it cost him everything, God knew that he would listen to his prompting, to his urging, to his direction He was obedient. He did it immediately. A lot of times he got up in the middle of the night in order to protect the call that God had put on his life. This is a different guy from Matthew 1 where he's making a plan B like we talked about uh, last week. This is a different guy. This guy has fully swallowed this call that God said, nope. This is what I've got for you, this uh, side of heaven. You are going to parent the Christ child. This is a different guy. He was not trying to plan B his way out of it. He had fully immersed himself in the call that God had asked him to walk. Humbly, obediently, faithfully. So much so that all of the turns and the prophecies fulfilled, a lot of them uh, came through joseph and his leadership and his obedience isn't that fascinating and yet we see in matthew he's called a carpenter and in luke people are saying can anything good come out of nazareth they had no idea the gold the wealth of the plan of God that was unfolding in Nazareth and had been unfolding in Nazareth for less than 30 years. All they saw was insignificant on this side of heaven, but what God and the angels saw was set apart, appointed, crowned by God on the other side of heaven. My question to you today is this. Are you someone's Joseph? Or something's Joseph? Are you someone's Joseph? Or are you something's Joseph? This is, I don't have this in my notes, so I'm just going to speak from my heart. I'm moving all my notes out of the way. Because here's the thing. Until the end of his life, and we don't know when that was, Joseph faithfully parented Jesus. Could you imagine parenting a perfect child? I mean, my gosh, Haven thinks she's perfect and I have to remind her she's not. <laughs> what if she actually was? <laughs> I, mean, I mean, you know, you always have those moments where you're like, they're good, but you know, they're not perfect. You know, people are like, your kids are really good. And I always say, thank you very much. I really appreciate that. And then I think in my head, they're good, but they're not perfect. Jesus was perfect. Can you imagine perfect parenting a perfect child? It was a hard ask of the Lord. And I have been thinking about you, and I've been thinking about the fact that you are someone's Joseph. Maybe you are the parent to a child right now, like he was. That is just challenging. <laughs> Let's just call a spade a spade. Jesus would be hard to parent. Jesus would be giving Joseph tips on how to parent him. But you're someone's Joseph. Your job is to not quit. Your job is to protect, listen, guide, lead, direct, be ambitious, be loyal, be trustworthy to whoever God has called you to be their Joseph. You are called in some capacity To be someone's Joseph. And some of you out there, maybe, maybe you don't have kids or maybe that's not resonating with you, which is totally fine. You are some things, Joseph. There is a call that God has put on your life that will cause you to be, to sacrifice. That will cause you to crucify yourself and uh, your soul. (laughs) Just say, okay, God, I don't know what. It will play on every insecurity. It will play on every weakness that you have. You'll get laughed at. You'll get underestimated because people will say, oh, that's just the carpenter. Oh, they live where? In Nazareth? Can anything good come out of Nazareth? But you know that you have just as big as a calling as Joseph did. And your job to that thing is not to quit when it gets hard. It is to protect, listen to God, guide, lead, direct, be ambitious, trustworthy, be loyal to whatever it is that God is asking you. In our life, we're either Joseph to someone or we're Joseph to something. And in some areas of our life, we're both. I would consider me, I am both. I have four kids, this automatically registers with me. You are Joseph, you are to parent that child on their good days, on their bad days, on their sick days, on their rebellious days, on their disrespectful days, on their wonderful days, on the days that they're getting all of the trophies from all of the things. You are supposed to speak into that child's life, Truth. You are supposed to cover that child with prayer protection. You're supposed to provide for that child no matter what. So I got four of those. And then I've got some other babies. My ministry is a baby as well. And I am called to do the same thing, to lead, to guide, to listen, to protect, to be loyal, to be trustworthy. Sometimes we fall in both of those categories. And what I'm asking you today is, are you actually stepping into that or are you burnt out? Are you stepping into actually the ultimate plan that God has for this world and you are get to be a part of it? Or are you doubting if he's actually called you? Are you you stepping into it are you rather re- ready to give in are you pressing in are you ready to give up are you discouraged or are you encouraging yourself in the Lord because you are someone or something's Joseph and if he can do it faithfully being called nothing but a carpenter can anything good come out of Nazareth if he can do it faithfully, escape Herod, if he can surrender his whole life, press into the power of God to parent the Christ child, then who you're called to be a Joseph to and what you're called to be a Joseph to, you can do the exact same thing that he did. You know what's so wonderful? Is that Joseph was just a man, just like we are. I'm a woman. <laughs> he, was, he was a man. He was human, just like we are. Maybe God's asking you today to re-engage. I'm sure that Joseph over the years, now this is not in the scripture, I'm just thinking as a parent, I'm sure Joseph over the years needed encouragement from that angel or from God multiple times. And I just wonder today if you should press in Your calling hasn't changed. You're still called to that thing or that person. And maybe you're just tired. And I get it. And I understand. Some of us are dealt circumstances that are overwhelmingly difficult. I understand. I have too. But you're still called to be Joseph to that person or that thing. Let the story of Joseph encourage you. If he can do it, parenting Jesus, you can do it too. I promise you Lord, I love you today and I love every single person that's going to hear the sound of my voice. I thank you for your word, I thank you for how it it's so sharp Lord. I thank you for the words in it I thank you for the pages in it I thank you for the truth. I thank you that the Bible just says so much if we are just diligent to study, to apply, to listen, to piece things together. I thank you, Lord how amazing your plan is and was and will be. I thank you that you choose us to be Joseph to someone or something. I thank you, Lord, that we weren't chosen on accident. We were chosen by a God who sees the end from the beginning. I pray, Lord God, for that person that is struggling and saying, I just can't do this anymore. I can't Joseph this person. I can't Joseph this person call. I can't do it anymore. I'm exhausted. Father God, I pray that you would give them the strength, the ability, the capability. I pray that you would remind them of the joy of their salvation. I pray that they would buckle into your word. I pray that the pages of scripture would come alive to them. Spirit of the living God, I pray that you would infuse them with a boldness that they've never felt before. A fresh wind, a fresh fire, a fresh anointing of the spirit, Lord God. Because we live in a time where Joseph's need to arise. And I trust you. We trust you. Thank you, God, for your faithfulness to us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, guys, I will see you right after the break.
1: Are you new to this whole Jesus thing and don't know where to start? Or maybe you've been following Him for a while and you want to dig deeper into the Word of God. Then you've come to the right place. Each month, Autumn hosts an online, in-depth Bible study through Facebook Live called The Jesus Initiative. The Jesus Initiative is a monthly spiritual challenge to anyone willing to join and grow deeper in their faith. She covers topics such as how to wait when waiting is hard, moving forward in faith even when you're terrified, and how to combat the spiritual warfare in your mind. Autumn's desire is to help break down complex topics in a way that's easy for everyone to understand and implement into their everyday lives. The goal of the Jesus Initiative is to tackle real-life topics in a real-life way, grounded in the Word of God. Understanding the things of God doesn't have to be hard. If you're a believer who wants to grow in your faith and strengthen your relationship with God, these Bible studies will challenge you in all the right ways. Simply search Autumn Miles on Facebook or follow her on Instagram at at Miles and click the follow button so you can stay in the loop for when the next Bible study starts.
0: Okay, guys, we are back, and I have an awesome just ending to the show. I love to hear from guys. You guys are, like, coming in. You really are accepting the call to ask us questions and – send us stories. And we, that's exactly what we want. We are community guys. We're a family right here. So apparently I posted something and I mean, I did, I, it wasn't apparently I actually did. And it says, uh, my caption said something like this for all those who might feel guilty about asking God to confirm a promise in your life. Remember who he is. He's the Prince of peace. God is comfort. He wants to comfort you when you're struggling with seeing his promise in your life. There were many prophets who foretold of Jesus's birth. Sorry, this is long, but it does make sense when I read the question. There was confirmation after confirmation, reminder after reminder that the foretold Messiah was on the way. This is in regards to the fact that I said something that many prophets told that Jesus was coming uh, of the Old Testament. Allow God to do the same in your life. So this was a comment from that post about promises, And my team thought it was really good and they thought that they just, they really wanted me to tackle this. So it says, curious, this is the comment, I hear people all the time, and this was recently discussed in my small group. While there are numerous promises in the Bible and promises for all believers, none of us have ever been given a specific personal promise. So how are others hearing or perceiving this? And I love this. I feel like it's a very honest question. I don't feel like she's being salty or anything like that. So I just want to push back on this comment because I pray that this is not the mindset of most people out there. Let me read what she says again, and this is important. I'm going to tackle it. I hear people all the time, and this was recently discussed in my small group, while there are numerous promises in the Bible and promises for all believers, none of us, have ever been given a specific personal promise? How are others hearing or perceiving this? So I just want to say this, and I'm not going to say her name because I, I certainly don't, I'm not going to say her name. If anyone out there thinks that there are not personal promises that God gives us, unfortunately, and fortunately, that's just not what the Bible teaches, okay? There are, personal promises that God gives to his children, period. Okay. When we look at Abraham, God gave Abraham a covenant promise. You are going to be the father of many nations. The Abrahamic covenant, okay? His was like the promise times a trillion. It was a covenant. It was going to happen. We look at him giving David a personal promise that Jesus would come out of his bloodline. There are examples all throughout scripture about God giving personal promises to people that are one on one. I give you. A promise to Abraham, a promise to Isaac, a promise to Jacob, okay? I gave David a promise about his bloodline. This is a principle of Scripture. We can see from Scripture that God did that for them. And so we know that He will do that for us as well. Personally, in my own life, God has given me hundreds of promises. And this is, I think, why we wanted to talk about this so much. When God gives you a promise, for instance, God promised me that I was going to start a ministry. I've talked about this a lot. And then he confirmed it to me through Habakkuk 2. It was a promise and then a confirmation. And God is the one that allowed me to lead a ministry. Okay. It was a personal promise that I could claim by myself. This was the spirit of God that was speaking to my spirit and telling me, this is what I have for you. This is what you're going to do. And then the word of God backed up the spirit of God and confirmed his promise to me. God gives personal promises all the time. So I'm not quite sure what is being discussed or how the small group or whatever how this all shook out in the small group conversation but I just want I point you back to The promises that God gave Abraham and David, there were multiple personal promises that God made the disciples. There's multiple promises in the scriptures that are not personal promises. They're promises to every believer that if we follow the process, we can receive the promise. Okay. There's always a process, excuse me, attached to the promise. So I just want to push back on this a little bit because I think this idea is not in line with the scripture, and I just want to make sure that we are all asking God, believing God, listening to God when he gives us a promise rather than saying God doesn't give personal promises because the scripture teaches otherwise, right? Okay, guys, that was a really long answer to this question. I think this is an awesome question. Keep asking these, send them in. I love seeing them. I love hearing from you. And I really do love the honesty and the transparency behind this. Okay. Here is a story about what God's doing in your life. This is from Sonia. Thank you, Sonia. Let me just say nothing is impossible for God. I love that that's her first sentence. I have had one heck of a journey this year. I have had two sudden passings of people near me within five months apart. I'm still healing and grieving. One of my first and only grandbaby was 13 months old and passed away due to a seizure. Second one was my one-year-old son's dad, which is ugh. We had a rocky relationship towards the end, uh, and he passed from his addictions. During that time of grief, it caused me and my child to be homeless for six months. I had so much on my credit card I couldn't get approved for an apartment. I have a good job, just couldn't keep affording to live out of motels, stayed in a couple of shelters. And finally, I was approved by a private landlord that heard me out and even accepted the housing assistance I was approved for. In all of this, God is still good and on his throne. I have learned so much during this journey and have been so humbled. I will steward what God has given me. Your ministry has helped. And had me going. Thank you, Autumn, for your obedience. And let me just say to you, Sonia, God bless you. God bless you for not giving up on him. God bless you for staying the course. Keep staying the course. Allow the Lord to continue to build your life. This is happening amongst us. This is happening amongst us. People are getting opportunities. People are getting grace. Grace. People are getting healing, all sorts of things right in our family. So I love you guys so much. Thank you for that. That's so encouraging. I can't wait to see you next week. I hope this encouraged your heart. You can catch me right back here next week on The Autumn Miles Show. Have an awesome week. Merry Christmas.
1: Thanks for listening to this episode of The Autumn Miles Show. To find out more, go to autumnmiles.com. Once you're there, you can check out the many resources that Autumn has available. From her books and past episodes, to her video series, we've got all the tools you need to help you grow deeper in your relationship with God. Once again, that's autumnmiles.com. To get connected and for more encouraging content, you can follow Autumn on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Just search for Autumn Miles in your internet browser. We appreciate your prayers and support for this ministry. It's because of you that we have been able to impact millions of people worldwide and that we can continue to serve those who need to hear Autumn's message of victory and promise. Find out how you can come alongside us when you go to autumnmiles.com. Just search the top of the index for the support tab. Thank you for listening in today, and be sure to join us next time for another episode of The Autumn Miles Show.